Craig Parrish again uh, from CBS Sports. It's uh, Wednesday, November 11th. This is the I Own College Basketball Podcast. I'm joined, uh, as usual, by my colleagues Matt Norlander and Sam Vecini. And we're now just, how about this, two days away from the start of the 2015-16 college basketball season. Finally, it's here. No more preseason rankings. No more preseason anything. By this time next week, uh, we'll be talking about games. So we're almost to the thing we've been looking forward to. And for uh, you, Norlander, that that uh, that's that's double uh, true because uh, not only yeah. is college basketball season almost here, your first child is almost here too. Are you uh, are you have you passed the point of excitement? Now you're just anxious, frustrated. Where are you at in this process? I remember what it was like to uh, be close to becoming a father for the first time, and uh, it's nerve wracking, isn't it? Well, I'm 34. You were what? You were 19, right? No, <laughs> I was 20. <laughs> Six. I was twenty six, which was um, probably which is definitely it's a di- very different stage of life. Oh, sure it is. Well, well, okay. First off, twenty six. So you got to understand where I'm from. Context matters. Twenty six in Mississippi. Like I'm like old to be having a kid, right? Um, <laughs> but but like in in normal people terms, you did it more correctly. Now I also had a kid at um, at the age of thirty six. So I, I basically have one every ten years. Yeah, I, I can't wait for. 46-year-old Gary Parrish to become a father of three. Very much looking forward to that. I've been doing my own preseason anxiety rankings for this baby that's in, that's uh, that's coming. Yeah, he is it is a son. Uh, he is technically due on Thanksgiving. My wife is entirely convinced that he is going to be early. Um, she's also terrified that we're going to have a nine-pound baby. But a number of her friends have said, listen, that that's basically what every doctor tells you is that your child is, is heavier in the womb than it actually ends up you know, yes, coming out to be when it when it when it leaves. Um, but it is, I think I I birthed a large son here. Um, but I'm very excited, very ready, man. Just uh, very pumped for that. But I'm thinking that you will probably have a podcast without me um, in that week at some point after the child comes or right before. Because who knows? Who knows when? It's, that's what I'm most anxious for. Is like, am I going to be driving to the hospital at like four in the morning? I don't know. All right, two things. First. Um, I don't know if this is true across the board, uh, and I don't think doctors do it intentionally, but I, I can tell you with my two sons, both of them, neither was as heavy as the last ultrasound suggested they would be. Uh, Oliver was very small. Uh, Aiden, I think, was normal size, but on the smaller side of it, but neither were, whatever their final ultrasounds were, and I couldn't possibly remember, but whatever they were, they, they both came, uh, were delivered uh, much lighter than uh, they than they were projected to be. Um, beyond that... Um, this every, preseason projection. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. be, beyond that, um, I think every pregnant woman for the first time like thinks that their child's coming any day. Like You hear about the eight month mark right and it's like this baby i'm ready to pop like how many times have you heard a woman say i'm ready to pop i bet she i bet i bet your wife said that i'm ready to pop and um this baby's coming any day and the truth is they they typically just um sometimes they come early i i here's what fact for you i was two months premature wow so you are a true preemie wow i was in an incubator for, for six weeks how about That's this you want a, 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 a quick story um so I was doing. Let me take you back to the time I was in an incubator. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Listen, how about this? This is crazy. I was born. I, my due date was March twenty fourth. I was born on January twenty fourth. Spent six weeks in an incubator. I think I weighed three point two pounds and dropped down to two point one. Like they didn't know. They, you're not going to believe this. Everybody listening, not going to believe this. Doctors told my parents there's there was a chance I would be slow. Quote slow. 
And now look at me. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, again, so um, no, that's a true story. Okay. So how about this? Fast forward a couple of years to, to 1979. My mother's pregnant again. Uh, her due date is September 4th. Uh, so it's July 4th. And uh, they're having a party at the house, like cookout. July, celebrating America, right? Celebrating the United States of America. And, uh, and my mom says, my mom was like superstitious. And she tells my father, um, she says, uh, hey, um, you, know, you know what the day is? And he's like, yeah, it's July 4th. What, like, what, what are you talking about? It's July 4th. Uh, it's Independence Day. She said, no, no, no. It's two months before the due date. He said, okay, cool. She said, you know, little Gary was born two months before the due date. And he said, okay, whatever. And she said, I think we need to go to the hospital. And he's furious, right? They got people over. They're drinking beers and cooking hamburgers and hot dogs and stuff. And um, she's like, no, I really want to go. He's like, well, do you feel bad? Do you feel something? She's like, no, but, you know, last time it was two, we- two months before. And we're two months before, and he's like, "You, you are out of your mind. Like, we're good. We gotta go in there and tell all these people who are at our home. We gotta. Li- hey, everybody, gotta break up the July Fourth cookout because Jackie thinks she needs to go to the hospital because Gary was born two months early, and today's two months early for our next son. And uh, she said, "Yes, that's what you need to do." So he's furious, right? Cussing under his breath, perhaps, perhaps outside of his breath, and um, takes her to the hospital. And, and drops her off at the front door, all right? Just says, all right, go check in. I'm going to go grab a pack of cigarettes and uh, go uh, park the car, and then I'll be in there in a minute. So he does exactly that. Um, go, you know, cigarettes, car, parks the car, and goes in the hospital. She's had the baby. No. Weighed 2.6 pounds, dropped down to oh 1.9. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? No. They, 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 uh, they, like, they, they, they didn't think my brother would live. Um, so, like, is that, like, the crazy? That's a 100% true story. Um, I had no idea about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, my point being, sometimes babies do come early, but most times they don't. And if you're wondering if you were going to end up driving to the hospital in the middle of the night, that is what we did for Oliver. With Aiden, this is the best way to do it. As long as you, you know, considering you don't have to get cut on. Schedule a C-section. Go in, get that thing. Take just they they just they take it they right out. But they <laughs> take, it, take we, it. I promise we're gonna get the hoops in just a second. Uh, <laughs> they don't recommend Hot that you do the C-section because if you have a second child, it can complicate the birth down the road. They only like C-section is really they're they're saying you know unless it's literally her her bones will not allow the child to fit through it or there is uh, a breach or anything like that, they will not do a C-section because it can create serious yeah. problems. Plus, if you have a C-section, uh, you have to have legitimate surgery right sure. there, oh, and yeah. there's longer recovery time and all now, let, me, let me, you're, you're phrasing it wrong. You don't have to have surgery. She has to have surgery. Big difference. Big difference, Norlander. Beyond that, you're exactly right. With Kelly, um, Aiden would not, he wouldn't, like he just, he stopped. He stopped trying. He wasn't going to try to get out anymore. He wasn't fighting. And so... Um, they, but then at that point, they so we, she was in labor like 12 hours, 13 hours. Then they scheduled a C-section. How about this? I was the Memphis beat writer at the Commercial Pill newspaper at the time, so I was off the road. But Memphis was playing at Louisville on this particular night, national television game. My doctor, her doctor, our doctor, was a huge University of Memphis fan. So after it's very clear Aiden's not going to come out uh, naturally um, that we're going to have to do a C-section. He says, hey, listen, I know you want to watch the game and I want to watch the game. So like, why don't we, this is like three or four in the afternoon, um, you know, we'll just sedate her. She'll be fine. She won't even know where she is. And then uh, I'll go home, watch the game. 
you can watch the game and then we'll come back and deliver the baby. I was like, cool, Doc, good plan. She's like, you sons of bitches. <laughs> like, no, take the... so, but that's what we did. Doctor went home, watched the game. They scheduled the C section. Right after the game, he came back to the hospital in a Memphis basketball shirt and uh, did the C section. Boom, 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 baby's out, healthy, everything's perfect. You have shared that story once before, I think, off the air. But right. yes, that yeah. is kind of ridiculous. But, but like, for the second one, for Oliver, we scheduled a C-section. I was like, yeah, let's do that C-section thing again. That was pretty easy. Like, we just, like, it was like, hey, come in at 9, we'll deliver the baby at 10, you go home and tomorrow. Like, I was like, I like that. And then he actually did come uh, slightly earlier than, uh, than, than, than he, he came before the C-sections was scheduled. And uh, now we have two healthy boys. And I, I hope you have the same. The funniest thing about all this and, and Sam, you might not even realize this yet either because you're young and childless, but Norlander, we were talking this summer, and you said, yeah, you know, I just figure, like, I'll watch the baby and work, and I'm like, you have no idea what you're getting into. Like, you cannot watch a baby and work. Like, is that still the plan? Oh, absolutely, and plus, you got to remember, <laughs> listen, this child, idea. this child is arriving uh, as the season begins in earnest, my wife will be here. She's got maternity leave, and the baby mostly needs her, especially for sure. that first, you know, six weeks to eight weeks. And uh, so, yeah, listen, we're we're gonna be good, man. Uh, the, my work production is gonna remain steady. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be available. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm gonna make this look so good and so easy. It's gonna infuriate you. So, it, it, see, here's the thing with this, GP. That doesn't really matter for. I'm the one that that matters for you uh, ending up a little bit uh, impaired as far as being able to work. And it's just not going to go well for me. And I'm aware of that. And it's OK. It's um, yeah. it, it's just I, I always say this to, to people. Anybody having kids right now is anybody who already has kids. When they hear you say it's going to be cool. Nothing's going to change. Like they are laughing at you right now. Yeah. I know. No, I, in all it, seriousness. No, I'm, I'm super psyched to become a dad. It's been a long time in the in the in the making here and uh, and very ready for it. And now. Like it's just uh, it's a it's a huge month here, so he'll uh, he'll be arriving. I just hope it's not on Thanksgiving Day, because let's be real here. Like the doctors that we have that we've been talking to, they ain't working on Thanksgiving. Right. <laughs> I want I want the doctor that we've been talking with, uh, who's been great. She's been fantastic. But uh, that does but we'll matter. See. Aiden was delivered by our doctor, but Oliver was delivered by just the doctor who happened to be there because like we came in like in the middle of the night. I mean, it was really like. You know, I, I think we, we were at some something, some event, and like one in the morning, Kelly was like, I got to go to the hospital. And like, you know, we got there and it was like, okay, it's time to have a baby. And she was, everything was fine, but like she was much more comfortable with her doctor. So yeah, I hope that, um, I hope that it comes at a time. And when... I and I will say, and we can wrap it up with this, yeah. is that uh, if, if you want to check the uh, Ion College Basketball podcast archives to, uh, I guess, 25 months back or 23 months back, back in December when Parrish recalls the story of Oliver being born oh, yeah. and basically getting named and all this stuff. Uh, I, I trust me, I will make sure that is not the case. There's not going to be any sort of signing of birth certificates, throwing in extra middle <laughs> names of great aunts of well, years do, past. Do you remember they gave me a private room to, to record a podcast? Because that is the other thing. Like yes. our bosses are super cool. And they were like, hey, Take you know Oliver was born December twenty seventh and um, our our bosses were like like take some time off and uh, like don't worry about anything if you can't do the daily top twenty five and one that and I'm like you don't understand while you're in the hospital it's like you really are unimportant like you kiss the baby and you greet people when they come in but there's nothing for me to do in the hospital it's just I'm sitting there like I had tons of free time and so I was like yeah I can still do a podcast so they gave me a private room to do the podcast. While I was doing the podcast, 
Kelly started just changing her kid's name on the birth certificate. Like she just wrote down different different names. Wait, what? Okay, so we had talked forever. <laughs> we we will talk basketball, I promise. So I um have you guys picked the name yet, Norlander? We have a few nominees. Um I would say we're down to three names. And by the way, it's amazing how many guys' names I hate in researching this. Well here's here's yeah, the like, thing. So yeah, that, that the way it were the way it would work is Kelly would go, Hey, let's talk about names and I'd say, Okay. And, uh, and so we talked about names. I was like, I hate that. I hate that. I would suggest something. She'd say, I hate that. I said, all right, listen, this is a stupid conversation. Here's what we're going to do. You come up with a list of names you like and then, and then present them to me and I'll tell you which ones I don't hate and then we'll go from there. So she goes, um, one day she goes, hey, what do you think about Oliver? I said, I like Oliver. Like it sounds, I don't know what it's, it's it sounds like not like Jeremy. So uh, yeah. I, I like. I'm I, not big on J names. Right, right. I said I I like Oliver. So yeah, that's cool. So then a couple of days later, she's like, because like she'd spit out names. She'd be like, "What do you think about Jackson?" And I was like, "I don't like Jackson." Like I mean, we, uh, yeah. Jackson with an especially with an X. Yeah, like, no, we weren't doing that. But it was like the Jackson, like Jacks, like J A C K S O N. Yeah. And I was like, eh, "We got a buddy who's from, kids named Jackson. I don't want to like. Let's just stay away from Jackson." So my point being, she'd come to me with names, and I would. I'd say, Oliver, yeah, I like Oliver. And then she'd say, Jackson. I'd say, yeah, I don't really like Jackson. She'd say something else. I'd say, yeah, I don't really like that. And then she comes to me. She says, what about Carter? I said, yeah, I like Carter. Uh, Carter's fine. Yeah, I, I, could, I could get down with Carter. So next thing I know, she, she comes home. This is all very early, like four months pregnant, five months pregnant. She comes home with like a pillow. And it's engraved, Oliver Carter Parish. And I said, what is this? She said, Oliver Carter Parish. That's the name we picked out. I said, that is not the name we picked out. She said, yes, it is. I, she said, I asked you if you liked Oliver, and I asked you if you liked Carter, and you said you did. So Oliver Carter, I said, I like Oliver independent of Carter. Like, I liked either Oliver or Carter. I don't like Oliver Carter. It's like, er, er. Like, I didn't like that. And she was like, well, I thought you said you liked them both. I said, I like them both, just like I like, I like pizza and cereal, but I don't like them both together. I like them independent of each other. And she says, well, it's too late now. What do you mean it's too late now? You're four months pregnant. Like, the baby won't be here for a while. Well, I already got something embroidered with the name on it, as you can see. That costs $30. Are you telling me that we have to um, hold ourselves to a name I don't want over a $30 pillow? Like, do you realize how silly that sounds? She's like, it's done. Oliver Carter Parrish. That's his name. All right, fine. Whatever. I'm not going to fight with you about this. Oliver Carter Parrish. Anyway, I don't even know what that point of that story was. Except <laughs> that just, you're clearly you, over it. So, it so <laughs> <laughs> Naming a baby can be stressful. That's the point of the story. I hope it goes more smoothly for you than it did for me. But I do have two beautiful boys named Aiden and Oliver. Just one of them got a bunch of names in addition to that that I didn't pick out. Basketball season starts Friday. Did you hear about that? I did hear no, about that. I, we, I only okay, heard about so let Sam let Sam say something for crying yeah, out yeah, loud. Yeah, game wise, Sam, the floor is yours. <laughs> No, I got nothing. <laughs> Please say something. No, I'm kidding. Uh, first game of the year is North Carolina Temple, so that's kind of cool. I think that Gary will be there, right? True. So that's uh, that's pretty exciting. We see a non-Marcus Page yeah. uh, North Carolina. So I'm going to be interested to watch that game. It's on CBS Sports Network, I believe. Uh, that is right, right, guys? I didn't just yes, make that it up. Is, um, veterans so, Classic yeah, is on CBS Sports, cool. CBS Sports Network. It's North Carolina Temple, then Florida Navy. Uh, we're talking on Wednesday. I'm actually catching a flight here in a few minutes, assuming I don't miss it. And um, flying to Baltimore, then to Annapolis. I'm going to spend tomorrow at the Naval Academy with the teams. And I'm, I'm hoping to... I think the plan is to spend some time with Marcus Page. You know, what's it like for Marcus Page? I think this is the start of his senior season, and you know, he's uh, walking around, I'm, I'm assuming, with some sort of uh, 
brace or bandage or something, uh, unable to play. Like, hopefully I could uh, spend some time with him, spend some time with Roy, and then just, yeah, get the basketball season underway on Friday. Okay. Yeah, so, no, I think that's a pretty worthwhile thing. Go ahead, Matt. Well, no, just real quick. So, um, Friday, like, the games aren't great, but we do have a few interesting ones. Um, Gonzaga Pitt uh, is probably the best of all of them. Um, but I would argue it's that. And then Stephen F. Austin at Baylor. Right. Don't think that those lumberjacks can't go into Waco and get a win. Um, that might be the, the key one that kind of goes down overall. It's great to have games here. Um, Temple Carolina, I, I would put probably as number three. And then so I'm I know pretty Montana interested did. in Colorado, Iowa state. That, that might be decent. Um, that actually, that game's going down in South Dakota. Dakota, because uh, the Sanford Pentagon has a has an arrangement there, I think, for seasons to come to get some decent non-con games in there. So it should be pretty intriguing. Belmont at Marquette is one where, hey, you know, you know me. You know, and my hey, man, that's Rick your Bird. boy, Rick Bird. That's me and my man, Rick Bird. Um, and another one that I would just keep an eye on is well, two in terms of small schools uh, that could get wins on the road against major conference teams or at least bigger teams. Illinois State is capable of winning at San Diego State, even though I don't think that they will. And then Wofford goes to Missouri, and Wofford's better than Missouri, uh, but that's a road game for them. Um, so kind of a, a big opportunity for them to get, to get a win against a Missouri team that I don't think is that good, but I think it's better than a lot of people think. But overall... Uh, <laughs> I know, Matt, Matt, and I had, Matt and I had some arguments uh, during the top 351 that we did uh, about Missouri. Uh, I, I'm not convinced that they win 10 games. They're te- like, why would they, why are they going to be anything other than terrible? Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to be good. I just, I don't know if they're going to be absolutely brutal. I think Alabama's going to be. I, I, here's how I know they're going to be brutal. First off, they were brutal last year. And like, there's really no. Everyone reason. transferred out. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and then beyond that, <laughs> blood, I, baby. I, I saw the uh, quote from Kim Anderson yesterday. This is the, um, this is the quote that suggests things aren't really going so well. I had some Missouri fans when I wrote the Ben Howland thing, like, why didn't Missouri hire Ben Howland? They could have. He wanted the job. They just, um, for whatever reason, didn't want to go down that path. And now they're, like, going nowhere fast. And so I had some Missouri fans actually argue with me, like, you know, it's just he inherited a mess, but, like, he's, he's going to get it turned around. Here's how you know it's not going well. Kim Anderson delivered the quote yesterday that said, yeah, um, we've got some recruits that are going to sign. They're not uh, highly rated guys, but you know we, 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 they're guys we evaluated and we think we can develop. Uh-oh. Anytime a coach starts yeah. telling you how recruiting rankings don't matter, that means he's about to enroll some, some average recruits at best. You're, you're probably fair and right in that evaluation. Um, and in general, the Missouri, you know, the basketball team is, uh, you know, the 30th most important topic on that campus right now. <laughs> yeah, go um, God, yeah. Um, so maybe that's good for Kim Anderson. Although I was interested, this was, uh, you know, if, if that situation had kind of carried into even the point where like today on Wednesday, right. uh, would have been interested to see if the basketball team would have taken the football team's lead. Right. I, I'm not sure if they would have or wouldn't have, but, um, I, bet I they think, would've. you know, there would have been some attention certainly turned to them at a certain point, even though football was obviously the big one with the uh, hosting BYU. One more game on Friday, UAB at Auburn. Auburn will be better this year. UAB is actually favored by Ken Palm in that game, has the better team. They could go in and steal a good road win. But overall, it's, I'm is just Auburn glad that we have... be better this year? It should be better, Auburn? but I, I still think Bruce is one. Like, people are like, you know, this they're, is... Oh, yeah, they're a year away. They're a year away. They're a year away. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Katie Rails really was really good last year, and they lost him... 
They lost someone else to a uh, big man inside, I believe. So I don't know that they're going to be better this year. But I think we'll I see. think that they'll. I think I. I think Bruce will be Bruce, and they'll just be. Uh, they'll be a little bit better. One of the best games um, for Saturday is Iona at Valpo, and those those are two teams that should go to the tournament because they're the best teams in their league. And Valpo is is. They're trying everybody. I mean, listen, I. I I, they got to be a, a top 40 team unequivocally, in my opinion, with everyone that they bring back. Uh, you know, Bryce has done a great job. Bryce Drew has done a great job with that. It's a home game for them. Could be a ton of fun. Um, so that's, you know, Saturday, college football Saturday. I get all that. Uh, and it's not like that game is going to be broadcast on ESPN or anything like that or CBS Sports Network because of all the college football. But Iona at Valpo is just a really fantastic mid-major level game because you know those are two really good coaches two really good teams but obviously you know the next time we podcast the games that that mean the most will have already been played so i don't know if you guys wanted to get into that but like monday has baylor at oregon virginia at gw is pretty solid san diego state at utah these are all monday games uh and then tuesday it's you know it's the 24-hour marathon and we get into kentucky duke kansas michigan state uh which i'll say tulsa is pretty solid Oklahoma is at Memphis. Alpo at Rhode Island's good. Georgetown, Maryland. Stephen F. Austin, Northern Iowa. I mean, we've got a, a slew of fantastic games. And, I, you know, I know people like to joke. They're like, oh, yeah, the college basketball season starts when college football season ends or uh, yada, yada, yada. But for people like people really see that college basketball started on, frankly, on that first Tuesday of the season because yep. that's when there's a 24-hour marathon. Yeah. And if you turn on it to uh, ESPN, any of their channels, college basketball is going to be on literally for 24 straight hours. So as we look ahead, um, you know, Kentucky Duke, man, it's always special. Yeah. Uh, no, no matter what. And GP, you're going to be there, right? Yeah, I'm going to the champions. And I've been every year. It's a terrific event. I mean, it, it feels like, um, you know, a big time college basketball event. You have four, um, probably, you know, four Hall of Fame coaches. I mean, Cal's already in the Hall of Fame, and Roy is, uh, I mean, and Mike Krzyzewski's already in the Hall of Fame. So you get that. And then Bill Self's going to be a Hall of Famer, and Tom Izzo's going to be a Hall of Famer. So you get four Blue Bloods with Hall of Fame coaches, and the teams are typically good, and this year's no exception to that. Shouldn't be. So um, it's in Chicago this year. So yeah, I'll go to the Naval Academy this weekend, then I'll come home for a couple days, and um, then pop up to Chicago uh, for the champions, we, you know, we will, let's just go ahead and commit to this as long as you guys can commit to it. We'll talk again Monday, like after a weekend of games, uh, to sort of look back at what's just happened and, and look ahead to what should be a really good, uh, 24 hours, uh, of basketball. Like that Oklahoma Memphis game is interesting if only because, uh, there might not be anybody in the country who needs to get his fans off his back as much as Josh Pastner. And while I don't like the odds of Memphis beating Oklahoma, um, it at least is an opportunity for Memphis to to turn the city back in its favor a little bit because right now people are mostly uh, unenthusiastic about the season. They played an exhibition last Friday night, and I think there was three thousand people there. And this really? is a, this is a place that used to pull you know eighteen thousand for every game regardless of the opponent, and they, there was three thousand people there on Friday night. And like um, they play Southern Miss this weekend. And I don't think it'll be much better than that, even in a regular season opener, A, because of a lack of enthusiasm, B, because the Memphis football team is playing on TV at Houston at the exact same time as the basketball team. Mm -hmm. So, like, how many people are going to decide they just want to stay home and watch football rather than basketball, which is another um, 
you know, it sort of under, further underlines the state of the program. There are Memphians who are going to choose to watch football on TV as opposed to basketball in person. And so um, that, that, you know, in addition to the champions and all the other good games, that Oklahoma-Memphis game is, is interesting uh, just because you've got a player of the year candidate Final Four team in Oklahoma, possible Final Four team. And on, on the other side, you've got a team that could really use uh, an early win to, to, to kick things up to where they have typically been over the past decade. Do uh, you guys want to – I know GP's going up against the clock here to catch a plane, but we might as well talk about our uh, – because by the time this podcast goes live, the site should have our final sports coach of the year, freshman year player of the year. So let's just – you want to run down that real quick and see say who we said? Yeah, well, mine's simple. I'll let you guys sure. expand what I did. I, because I – this is where I have like a I, – I, I'm so literal with everything. Like why would you pick somebody other – if you really think somebody's a Final Four team, they should be in your top four. That's the way – I know not everybody thinks of it in those terms, but I can't make myself think of it in any other terms. So mine are simple. Whatever the four teams were in my preseason top, top, top 25 and one, I guess it's North Carolina, Kentucky, um, Maryland, and Kansas. Those are the teams I put down for the Final Four. National champion, North Carolina, because I put them number one. Player of the year – Kyle Wilcher, because I voted for him player of the year, and coach of the year, Roy Williams, because I projected him to be a national championship coach. So mine's pretty boring. I'll let you guys go. Yeah, no, I don't do it the way that GP does it necessarily. I just kind of pick four random good teams because that's kind of the way the tournament ends up going, in my opinion. I don't really think of it as uh, the top four regular season teams. Um Having said that, though, my number one team in the country is my champion. Uh, I pick Kansas. I think Kansas has the best uh, mix of experience and high upside young talent with uh, Sheck Diallo and Carlton Bragg coming in in the front court. They've been doing some weird stuff with Perry Ellis at the three. They have a lot of wing depth already. They have all of the point guard depth and Frank Mason and Devontae Graham. So I'm pretty high on Kansas this year. Uh, my other three final four teams were Virginia, Kentucky, and Gonzaga because they're all top 10 teams and I would like to see Virginia and Gonzaga make a final four. Eventually. I, I don't really have a reason for that outside of that. It, it's honestly a crapshoot Once you get the NCAA tournament, they're both top 10 teams. Like I said, so I, I don't have a problem with that. My player of the year is Kyle Wilcher. I think I've been kind of harping on that for what, since last season ended. So uh, I don't know that I need to go into that freshman of the year, Ben Simmons, and then coach of the year, Tony Bennett. Uh, I think that they do lose a lot in Justin Anderson and Darian Atkins. And I think he'll turn that around real quick. Plus he's, you know, just an incredible coach. So why not? Let's just go Tony Bennett. Okay. Good, good thoughts. Um, I share Sam's pick of Kansas uh, under the presumption that Diallo will get eligible. And to me, he's the one player that puts them over the top. Uh, Self is also such an amazing coach that I kind of looked at his resume and I was like, you know, he's getting, he's going to get a second one. It's, it's going to happen. Uh, why not this year? And I also have self as my coach of the year because I expect the top of that big 12 to be pretty competitive and given what Kansas has on the non-conference schedule, I think that they'll be able to play themselves to a number one seed. And um, again, coach of the year in many respects is a regular season award, or at least it's handed out mm -hmm. prior to the NCAA tournament. Uh, so I think self will make for a logistical candidate. Um, I have. So here's Virginia the thing. As, I kind of think that yeah. Kansas is going to run away with the Big 12 a little bit. Like multiple. Games. I don't. I think they're going to be. Like, I think they're going to be Oklahoma by one game in the standings. I think that okay. Oklahoma is going to be right there, and then Iowa State will be a little bit down. Um, yeah, but, I agree with that standing. I just think Kansas is going to go like sixteen and two, fifteen and three in that league. That seems, I don't know that Oklahoma will that, do that. Seems, that seems hard to do in that league, but um, I it does. I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't put it, really it past does. them. I wouldn't put it past yeah. them. But 
It, it's, okay. It seems like um, it All right, so Kansas is my title winner. I have Virginia. We had to pick a runner-up. Virginia is my runner-up, um, especially after, you know, Virginia's had a couple of just fantastic, terrific years, and I'm feeling like Bennett's going to break through this season. Uh, you know, they, he lost to Michigan State in the tournament last year. I do generally love um, what he has coming back and the system he's running. I have Virginia winning the ACC over Carolina, so I, I picked the Wahoos there. And then my other Final Four teams, I went with Maryland. Uh, despite the Deion Wiley injury, he's out for the year. Parrish uh, got first word on that via um, Turgeon yesterday. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to impact in a significant way Maryland's big picture prospects for the season and for the tournament. So I, I am going to go with Maryland there, although that was my the one pick that I thought the most about. And then I didn't go Kentucky. I didn't go North Carolina. I didn't go Duke. I didn't go Gonzaga, which is a little bit of a trendy pick. I actually went with Villanova, who I think is going to be pretty close to what they were last year. And again, similar to how Virginia, you know, they were actually in the same bracket um, and both teams failed to reach the Sweet 16. I think Jay Wright, who I almost picked for my coach of the year, will break through and get to the Final Four because I love what they have. I absolutely love Jalen Brunson. I think he will be um, by far the most important player for that team by the time we get to March. Not Archie Diakono, not Josh Hart, not Ochefu, not uh, not those guys, but the, the freshman Brunson. And then my player of the year is Buddy Heald, who was my – I just stuck with the guy that I picked. And it was funny. ESPN put up there like 40 predictions or whatever. No one picked Heald. So I think I'm the only guy out there that thinks Buddy Heald will be player of the year, which I understand – it's a little bit of a contradiction because I've got Kansas winning the league, but I think Heald is going to have such a spectacular year, and I actually think Oklahoma is going to get a two seed that I think he'll he'll have done enough, whereas I'm not expecting LSU, which has an god-awful non-conference schedule, and I'm really angry that – I'm not angry, but it's just like it's a joke that Ben Simmons is not going to have a game worth watching until we get to January. You know, He'll probably put up amazing stats against crap competition, whereas Heald in Oklahoma has a really good schedule. They play in a really good league. I expect him to by far be the most – um, valuable player on that team, and I think Kansas will spread the love out more. So Heald is my pick. And then Frosh of the year, I go Jamal Murray because I actually think he'll have an impact that will be similar to what Brunson does at Villanova in that I think by the time we get to March, it's going to be the, no doubt about it that the most important player and the guy that's doing the most overall for a Kentucky team that should probably be a 1-2 or at worst a 3 seed is Murray. So I went a little bit against the grain there because I don't know if Simmons and LSU are going to have the same kind of success. Murray's at Kentucky could have a little bit of influence there. So Murray is my freshman of the year. Makes sense to me. It is interesting at Kentucky that you could reasonably um, pick three different guys as their best player. Like some people think it'll be Scal, who's, who's presumed to be the number one pick of the draft. Others, and I think lots actually think it could be Murray. And yet if you talk to the Kentucky staff, they'll tell you it's going to be Tyler Uless. Like that's when you know you're pretty good when uh, you've got yeah. three, you know, uh, I, I think Uless is a future pro, three future pros, yeah. um, all of whom could reasonably be called uh, your best player. So it's a new cast of characters for Kentucky, but they're going to be uh, overwhelming at times, just like always. All right, let's wrap up this uh, I guess what amounted to a baby podcast is really just a baby podcast. All right, we did college football, <laughs> we did major league baseball, we did baby podcast. Hey, we're ready for the freaking season. Finally, yeah, it's here it is here. We'll chat on Monday. Uh, yes, we're going to chat again on Monday. I promise. So remember, you can subscribe to the and 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 I don't think we'll talk about babies at all unless Norlanders happens to come this weekend. Probably won't even speak about babies in any form on Monday. And go ahead. And, I'm not uh, convinced. Uh, it maybe. Hey, listen. I, I shouldn't tie myself to any sort of standard because you never know. But uh, <laughs> my my plan will not. Of course, my plan today was not to talk about babies. So who knows? Maybe we'll do another hour on babies. 
babies. Um, subscribe to the Island College Basketball Podcast on iTunes. Quickest way to get your hands on the latest episodes. Uh, go do that. And um, either way, we're going to talk again on Monday. Have a nice opening weekend of the college basketball season. Take care. <laughs>